Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right. Good morning and welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. It's uh, 8.30 in the morning on Sunday and uh, I'm pretty fucking sleepy. This is this is Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob and Lalo. I think uh, you got home late last night, Lalo? Um, it felt like it for sure. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just not a morning person in general. So Hey, who won that game you went to? Uh the Dodgers won. They're playing the the Marlins. Oh, so, Florida. Pretty, yeah. Florida. I don't I don't know much about baseball, so uh, one of the reasons we went was because, um, like the little group, like the little friend group that me and my girlfriend went with, um, they actually know one of the pitchers for the Marlins. So there was a chance that he might pitch and he ended up pitching and doing pretty well. So that was pretty like fun to watch. Yeah, that's cool. It's like somebody, you know, actually like, you know, making it big time. That's awesome, man. Is he from here in Bakersfield? Uh, he's from California, but, um, he's like a very close friend of one of my friends, if that makes sense. He was like in their wedding and everything. So. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. It's always nice to know somebody famous. (laughs) Just in case you ever need it. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. Hey, remember that one time I met you at that one wedding? (laughs) I need, I need your help now. (laughs) Well, that's the way shit works, man. You know, friend of a friend. The yeah. um, I trying to get some. I was trying to get some tickets to the Condors games this weekend. There's the playoffs, but they're they're still not. It's online. It says they're still not available. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I've been. I haven't been to a hockey game in probably like a year or two. Oh, yeah, that's and before then, like never. <laughs> Well, I like hockey. I I don't know much about it, but my my son in law is like this huge Colorado fan, and I he got me interested in it. And then I went to a couple games, and even when you don't know what the fuck is going on, it's pretty exciting to watch. You know, every now and then two people beat the fuck out of each other. It's like I like that rule in hockey. Like they're gonna get penalized anyway, so they let them fight. Yeah, let them fight. Hell with it. I should do that in every sport. Every time they throw a flag in football, well, you're getting a flag anyways, might as well duke it out for a bit. <laughs> but no, they in football they just stop that shit pretty quick. Yeah, and it, and like you said, like you said, they shouldn't because everybody's got a helmet on. That's fine. Go after it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, I hope they get that done this week and and get that mask ordinance kind of lifted. I mean. That's some good news this week, right? That that's kind of over for those of us who've got shots, and the rest of us will just lie about it. I was talking about it yesterday a little bit, and I was thinking, like, for me personally, like, I could, I really don't care about wearing a mask. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't get annoyed by it. Um, but the thing I've noticed is that, uh, like, this past year, I usually get sick like once, maybe twice a year like a cold or something, you know, I've not gotten sick a single time. And I'm 100% convinced it's because I've been wearing a mask. <laughs> um, it's true. I just wear it a little longer just, you know, just because like, I don't, 
like like I said, it doesn't bother me. It's not a nuisance to me. I'm not annoyed by it. So, I mean, if it helps me not get sick. Um, I was thinking after, you know, at the end of summer when flu season starts again, I'll probably start wearing it to the grocery store. And, you know, when I'm around people, because like you said, I, I, I'm not one who usually gets sick at all, but I felt healthier in the past since we started wearing this mask, which has been like 11 months, 12 months. I felt healthy. I haven't been sick. And it's been pretty nice. Actually, Valley fever instances are down. Flu is down. Everything's down. So we're wearing masks. So for all of those people out there that's like, it's not doing them any good. I think we need to look at the statistics and the science of this instead of just, yeah. it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm sure most people and there's like uh a lot of like retail stores like walmart costco they're gonna start lifting the you know the mandates and i mean they say like if you're fully vaccinated but like you said people are just gonna lie like they don't and they're yeah. not gonna like check you or anything you know they're not gonna ask for your vaccination card so it's pretty much just like back to normal for the most part. Yeah. People are going to, I think the cases will rise a little bit again because I, I read yesterday that if uh, it's all up to the American people now to not lie. And the experts are saying that it's not going to happen. People are just going to take it off. Yeah. yeah. But I, I still feel like there's a good chunk of people that are going to leave it on just even if they are vaccinated. Yeah. Or if they're not just because, um, you know, it's like they actually care about other people's health. So. My my wife's gonna continue to wear one, but um, yeah, yeah, she's she's a little fragile in the health area at this point, so she's gonna continue to wear one. And like I said, in a large group of people, I'm gonna do it. I mean, yeah, and and the funny thing is, is people think that taking the mask off is about them. When we're wearing, we who are wearing masks are doing it for other people because I'm vaccinated. I have a 95% chance of not getting it. And if I do get it, it's going to be asymptomatic and I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to get sick, <clears throat> but I wear a mask to protect others. And that's really funny that people don't care about other people to the point where it's sad. <laughs> yeah. It's I, sad. Uh, I was on Twitter yesterday or two days ago and uh, Megan McCain, she tweeted like, uh, it was like a story post about uh, the like mask mandates being lifted, you know? And like she posted that and then uh, above it, she captioned it like in all caps, in all caps, like freedom. Yeah. And then I replied to her, I was like, only Republicans would think that wearing a mask is oppressive. <laughs> and then I was just like, I don't know. That gave me a a good chuckle for the day. Republicans, they're getting ready to split, aren't they? I hope so. You hope so. I hope so. But yeah, they're just. I've. I feel like with them, a lot of them, more than they'll admit, are more of the Liz Cheney type of Republicans. They just can't publicly admit that because. When they do, you get Liz Cheney and what happened to her, you know? Right. Um, like, they know 
you know what trump says like that rhetoric that you know keeping him as their leader uh you know unofficially is dangerous and like it's just like not a good idea but they also know that he has this huge like base of supporters Mm -hmm. and as soon as you know they if any republican like shuns trump then you just lost like that whole base yeah and like i've said many many times uh republicans are all are all about money and power so when they lose that voting base they lose their power because they'll you know they'll lose their reelection well secondarily lalo i think there's an issue here that that people aren't looking at and and what we need to see is let's say be, let me back up. I, I read this this morning. I got up at six o'clock to read so I wouldn't look like a fucking idiot online today. <laughs> the, yeah, you know how that works. But I was reading a, an article about people like Kevin McCarthy who will say will stand in the White House driveway and say, yes, the uh, this is our president. Biden's our president. And then talk out the other side of his mouth when he goes to rallies and say, you know, and, and make allusions to the fact that hey, maybe the election wasn't wasn't legal or maybe it was stolen from us. So he can stand on the fence and see both sides of it. But the thing is, what if people like McCarthy and Cheney and all these people got voted out? Who the fuck would be voted in? That's the issue. All these like Marjorie Taylor Greens would be there. Yeah, and we'd her, have a yeah. I knew, I don't want that either. I don't want to see that even more. I'd rather them just continue to fucking lie <clears throat> to keep power because they they do have some reasonable ways of governing. They're just lying to keep their power, but they know that the motherfucker was lying about he's lying about it on his blogs. He's back online on these blogs saying that the biggest fraud ever, my election was stolen, but I still don't want people like McCarthy be replaced with somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, see, to me, they're pretty much like, I get what you mean by, you know, he's like more reasonable. Yeah. But to me, they're pretty much like just different sides of the same coin. Um, when it comes to like what their goal is and what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I mean, uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's just like, like uh, AOC said, she's she's very unwell. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, if you can be like uh, Kevin McCarthy and like you, like you said, you know, stand on one side and you know say this, and then stand on the other side and like say the complete opposite. I mean, if you could do that, I feel like you're pretty unwell too. Um, so. Yeah, but I can't see Kevin. I can't see Kevin McCarthy going down the halls and and screaming into mail slots. I don't see that. Okay. <laughs> hey, he might surprise you. <laughs> he might push him to the limit, and he might just snap. You know. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I mean, I kind of agree. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, they're just like all the same for the most part. Well, I liked what we were talking about yesterday, that if the party did happen to split and you have at least two major factions, you're also going to see the rise of like the Green Party and and other smaller parties 
So it'll like level the playing field a little bit. And I understand the Democrats would be huge, have a huge advantage. They would dominate every election. Yeah, they'd have a huge advantage, but you would start to see the rise of other parties. And which is basically what we need in this country is, is a, is more, uh, more parties to choose from more ideas to choose from. And, and, Smaller platforms would would give us, I think, a better government. Uh, I would I I would agree with that, um, but I I don't think it would work out that smoothly. Uh, like in an ideal world, that would work. Well, I'm not but, saying it would happen like within a year, but I'm talking about five, ten years from now. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. I think it would take a long time for those like for that balance of power to kind of even out over time. Yeah, because if that was if the Republican Party was to split um, in any way, the Democrats would dominate every. They'd have probably the next like three or four presidential elections like guaranteed in the bag. Yeah, um, the Senate, the House, like they were. It would be blue, like down the line, for a few uh, election cycles. Don't you find that I mean, to be dangerous? Also, um, I, I guess it just would depend on their uh, their goals and their ideas. I mean, if you have like a dominant party, but all their like goals and uh, ideals are like progressive and like they benefit society, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay. It's when you turn like more like oppressive and like authoritarian. Um, that it could become dangerous, you know. You know, if Hitler was all about, you know, peace and love and, you know, <laughs> equality, nobody would care if he was, you know, you know, their leader for forty-five years. <laughs> but I think it's more about the ideas and what your plan is to do. Um, and I mean, for the most part, I don't think Democrats are like they don't have bad ideas. For the most part, they have some pretty stupid ideas, but um. Like their main, their main ideas, like the main, you know, the big uh, bullet points. Right. I tend to agree with on the most part. So, um, I personally wouldn't see anything wrong with that, uh, except for like the whole war thing. Both Democrats and Republicans love like their war, so mm-hmm. um, that's something that wouldn't change. Yeah, I, I just see, I see a Democrats in power over a period of ten years. We would have a healthier infrastructure and better schools lower taxes you know things like that and or lower taxes for us not yeah. for like the rich right <laughs> not a bad thing not a bad that's thing at get, all that's how you get a 50 plus billion or 70 plus billion surpluses in our state yeah when you tax the rich like it's literally it right in front of our face when you tax the rich this is what happens you get a lot of money and the state reinvests it in what? In the people and in infrastructure and society. Yeah, and the rich flee. And guess what? <laughs> but the rich, they're still fucking rich. Like, like at the end of the day, they're still rich. They still got their money. They still, you know, live in their life to the fullest. Yeah, like, like Bezos. Bezos is like, here, tax me. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I got trillions of dollars, you know, whatever. Yeah, he just bought like a <laughs> half a billion dollar yacht. Yeah. And his yacht needs a little yacht for maintenance. So, right <laughs> there you go, and we still get a surplus. So I feel like you know, he gets his boat, we get our twelve billion to help homelessness. Yeah, and the six hundred dollars that we're going to get back from the state. Yeah, which awesome. I mean, and that's why I feel like this is a these like stimulus checks are kind of uh, 
they're like precursors to uh, what I think will inevitably happen um, with like automation, with the advancement of, you know, like AI and automation. Yeah. Um, which I think it's going to be UBI, like universal basic income. Uh huh. I think we're on a path where that's going to, it's going to be a necessity for uh, like a big part of the country. So I think it's going to, it's going to happen at some point. That's why I'm very uh, pro Yang, like when he wants to run for mayor of uh, New York, because that's one of his uh, main things is he wants to do UBI in New York. And I feel like New York would be a very good um, experiment for UBI because yeah. it's very large scale. It's a very big city or big state or no. Yeah, he's running for mayor. So it's a big city. You know, there's millions of people there. And yeah. if you could, uh, if he can make it work there. I think it would show a lot of people like, oh shit, like maybe we can do this, you know? Yeah, big, yeah. Lalo, it's all the it's already working because if you look at the at the statistics of the in the United States, credit card debt is down, savings accounts are up, and it's all because we get these <laughs> stimulus checks, and every you know the experts are like astounded and. How can you not say that that a UBI is is a great thing? How can you not say that? Because it's working. Everything debts being paid down, savings is up, and the economy's still rolling after fourteen months of being shut down. And it's all because of that. And Jeff Bezos, because thank you Amazon for keeping us afloat this last year and a half. <laughs> I think. People don't want to acknowledge that it works or the benefits of it because they've been like told, you know, by so many people throughout their lives that, you know, you got to work hard for what you want and, you know, don't take handouts like nothing in life is for you, blah, 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 you know, all these like cliche sayings. So, you know, when they see like the concept of UBI or like, you know, the idea of like, uh, like food assistance, food stamps, stuff like that. Like it just has such a negative connotation. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I work for my money. Like, I don't need no handout. Blah blah. blah. But, and it's yeah. just like, uh, okay, but it like it helps everybody. You know, it's not a handout. It's it's literally your own money coming back to you. It's taxpayer money. It's that's funny, isn't it? That we pay into taxes and they want to give it back, and we're like, no. But it's. It's old. That is older than the Bible, man. It, it's in the Bible. If a man doesn't work, a man doesn't eat, and that's been taken out of context. I understand, but still, everything in the fucking Bible's been taken out of context and used against yeah. us to control us. So, when when all these programs begin to kick in, no one wants to say, "Hey, that's the money that I paid to help my culture, to help my society." But they want to take that money and and build a war machine. And it's just so fucking insane that they have fooled everyone into thinking that if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, why don't we yeah. do things that we why don't we do things that are considered work that we love and let machines do the work like you've been saying? Let let the rise of machines happen. It's not gonna be fucking Terminator. That's bullshit. It's going to be a, a better society where people who can, who are art, artistic and creative can do the things that they love and a better society, a more peaceful society. And the people who can't take care of themselves, we can take care of them without making them fucking feel bad. Yeah. And I mean, like that whole idea of, you know, like uh, how you're saying, like, you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, that 
could have been true like you know centuries ago you know when you literally had to like you know grow your own crops and you know like hunt your own food right and build your own homes like you know <clears throat> so at some point yeah that's true yeah well then it becomes but, obvious if you don't want to yeah. hunt you're not going to eat yeah but, but i think now we're so far advanced and we're so powerful and rich and like i said technologically advanced where we're we're able to move past that and you know there was a time where you know if you were born with like a deformity or like a mental uh issue they just kill you right you know um because you know they had the whole like survival of the fittest like you know it's they're not normal so we just got to kill them right we can't take like, care of them yeah so and now you know we we moved on from that we don't have that same line of thinking anymore so i feel like it's the same kind of thing like we're we're progressing as a society we're not just basic animals anymore with like basic animal instincts you know we have a conscious we have uh ideals we have morals um and you know we should use those to to better you know our way of living but we got to get past that old idea yeah, first for sure so i feel like we're close we're getting there we're getting there um i i have a lot of faith i actually have a lot of faith in your generation and the one before the ones coming after you i i don't think there's many progressive people who are older and i'm not saying that as a, a i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying that's what is yeah so it takes a lot to be in your 60s 70s and 80s to understand what's going on for people that are in their teens 20s and 30s it takes a whole hell of a lot because the people the younger people can't see what the older people see and the older people can't see what the younger people are experiencing so there seems to be that disconnect and luckily it, and this this podcast is um an example of one generation connecting with another yeah definitely yeah, and and i really appreciate that about this it, let me back up one thing one part you were saying that, yeah it was taken out of context you know i used to be a pastor of a church and th that is taken out of context because people say if a man doesn't work a man doesn't eat it's in uh, the new testament thessalonians i think but anyway the the uh, translation is if a man chooses not to work See, that's, there's a big difference in that. If I choose not to work, then there seems to be a problem. But if I can't, or my job's been taken away from me, or there's all kinds of things you can read into that. It's not necessarily laziness, but laziness is I choose not to work. Yeah. So if you're lazy, I still think you need to be taken care of because ethically you're right. Morally you're right. Even those who are lazy need to eat, but and we even don't you like, or go ahead, finish. We, we don't need to demonize these people. We need to stop doing that. Yeah. And I mean, to me, like, you know, there's like this whole, like there's, I've seen a few stories right now about um, like people not going back to work. Right. Uh, because uh, like with their unemployment benefits, like, they probably make more than working, you know, a minimum wage job for right. 40 hours a week. And like, that's a big, like, uh, talking point, like, 
like we shouldn't pay them more to just stay at home. And it's like, no, it's the other way around. Like you're supposed to pay them, you know, <laughs> with these jobs. Exactly. More. Exactly. So, like, you know, there's restaurants like offering like a hundred dollars just to interview. Like they're so strapped for staff. Like they need employees like ASAP. And people are like, like they're starting to finally realize like, like, no, that's a shit job with like shit pay. Like, I don't need that. I'm better than that. So like in that sense, like choosing not to work because you, you re- you've realized like your self-worth and what your labor is worth, I think is a good thing because it's going to force all these other companies to raise their wages. Um, yeah. To accommodate, you know, like, you know, how they always like to say a living wage and People always like to talk about living wages, like, oh, well, well, what's a living wage? Like, what is it? What exactly does that mean? You know, it's different in different states, you know, cost of living, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like, cost of living is different in different places. But, you know, when we first introduced the term, you know, minimum wage and what it meant and what it was uh, meant to be, I think it was in uh, like the mid 1900s, like uh, FDR era is when it started to come around and they, I'm pretty sure they described, I remember reading, they described the minimum wage and the living wage as, you know, being able to uh, support a family of four people. So, you know, mom, dad, two kids, um, you know, with their uh, rent, uh, utilities, bills, uh, food, all that stuff. So enough money to cover that. And then on top of that, uh, about 10% of their total wage, for like um like leisure stuff, you know, like vacations, going out to eat, going to the movies, blah blah blah. Yeah. Expendable so, expendable cash. You can save yeah. it, you can spend it. There you go. Yeah. So I mean it's pretty it's been like defined in the past. So we know what that means. Which, you know, and you can apply that to, you know, different states, you know, a livable wage in California is probably gonna be a lot more than, you know, a livable wage in West you know, Virginia. Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So but we know what it means. Like we know what it, what you need for it to be a livable wage. Well, you're just being, if you question what livable wage means, you're just being stubborn. Is that, that's it because it's just a financial calculation. That's all it is like minimum wage, financial calculation, a living wage, just calculate the finances, just make parameters for it, define it in Congress, pass the fucking law. And then states can go, okay, this is what it looks like. And and people can live. Like you said, you need 10% above that in order to go to a movie or go out to dinner or, you know, save up for a vacation. But fuck, people were like, which bill am I going to pay this month so I can let the other ones go? Yeah. And that's not mean, right. Um, Like I've seen that. About like two thirds of this country can't afford a, like a four hundred dollar unexpected expense. <laughs> I know, and I know. Uh, at that point, you have to kind of look at you know you kind of if you like if you're very like uh, against like raising wages and stuff like that. Yeah, like once you like if you hear that, you kind of have to. I mean, in my opinion, you have to kind of take a step back and really think about that. Like, if two thirds of American people can't afford a four hundred dollar unexpected uh, expense like are is it really that you know two-thirds of the country are you know lazy and you know don't want to work or is it maybe something wrong with the system 
According to the church, they're just lazy. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, you know, you kind of have to. And Republicans. Okay, don't forget Republicans. (laughs) You kind of have to look at it that way and be like, well, you know, if there's so many people suffering and there's so many people, you know, living below the poverty line, like chances are the systems probably, you kind of maybe have to tweak it a little bit because uh, there's no way, you know, there's. 60% 60% of Americans are just lazy and, you know, don't, don't want to work and don't know how to work. Um, you know, let, Lala, let's put that in context. $400. The average cost to replace a motor in a car is five grand. So if a, if a family has a broke ass car, which a lot of that 60% does, and that thing goes bad, they're just shit out of luck. And that's yeah. not right. Because then it, it, it's this domino effect of I can't get to work, I lose my job, now I don't even have that minimum wage job, and how am I going to protect my family? I think what the cool thing here is what you were talking about, is that people not going back to work for $300 extra a week, it's, like, it's almost like everybody in that arena is on strike without actually being a member of a union. They're just yeah. tired of it. I'm not going back to work for and make less money than I'm I'm fucking sitting here making more money. I could go back to work and work a shit job that I fucking hate. I hate my boss. I hate my life, but I can go back and do that for $300 less. What kind of what kind of position are we putting people in? And and why is why do why do people think that that's they're the demons? They're demonizing these people. They don't want to go back to work. No, fuck right. They don't want to go back to work. I wouldn't want to go back to work. Would you? That's no. a question we need to ask. That's the question we need to ask ourselves. When we see a situation like that, we need to just step into it and say, okay, I don't have any savings. I don't have any way of fixing my car if it gets broken. I I can't pay all my bills. I'm drowning in debt. Do I really want to live like that? No, I don't. And nobody does. And you're right. A a universal basic income is the way to go here. And it's not a fucking handout. It's not a handout. It's our money. Give it back. Yeah. And I mean, we've, um, I mean, Yang and other people have kind of laid out the plan to you know, how to pay for it and how to, you know, be able to afford to give, you know, everybody, you know, like a thousand dollars a month. Um, and I could use it. I mean, not, I could use it. It's not that hard, like to afford it, like tax dollars. Uh, I mean, most of it's, you know, coming from tax dollars, but those tax dollars are coming from, you know, the, the super rich, the super wealthy, um, the guy so, who needs know, a yacht for his yacht. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, if you were to tax, you know, the 1% at, you know, get rid of like capital gains tax and just make, or like raise capital gains tax, um, you know, close all these loopholes that they, they find to, you know, to avoid paying taxes, you know, you could tax uh, religious institutions. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, that probably won't happen. But I mean, if I was making the decisions that'll be like number one on the list well that's because you're evil lalo we know that (laughs) that's fine with me but you know there's like so many ways to get like this revenue to be able to afford that and once 
you know, let's say we we keep it at a thousand, like a thousand dollars a month. For most people, like a vast majority of people, that's most, if not all, of like their rent or like their mortgage. Right. Um. So you know you you're literally like you're able to almost live for free, you know, uh, or you know, quote unquote free. Right. Um. And then you're going to so take you're, that money that you were paying your rent. You're going to save a little bit of it, which is going to increase uh, help the economy. You're going to spend a lot of it because you're going to fix your car. You're going to get some new clothes. You're going to get some new shoes. You're going to do those things for your kids that you want to do. And that's going to pump yeah. huge amounts of money back into the economy so you can tax it, so you can give it back. And it's just the, the circle of life here, folks. Think about it, you know, but no, no, that's a handout. <laughs> You know, and, and stuff like that being more like free of like those financial burdens, it really does something for people's uh like mindset. Um, you know, it's kinda hard to, you know, to do what you like and you know, pick up a hobby or yeah. uh you know, explore like what do I really like to do when you're working, you know, two, three jobs. Right. And trying to, you know, make ends meet. You know, maybe you get UBI and you know, you only have to work one job a week. And, you know, maybe you get to spend more time with your kids. Maybe you, uh, you know, you end up going back to school, you know, during the night where right. you didn't have the chance before. So all these things, it's not just benefiting you like financially, but like mentally and your whole well-being. You might, you know, like I said, go back to school and you end up getting a better job, you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, like, I really don't see any like negatives with a concept like that. Well, you also stop cleaning your gun so much and planning that mass shooting. Cause you're a little happier. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, you know, it's been proven like people, you know, when they don't have to stress and worry about all that extra stuff, you know, you're happier. Like you said, you, you get to focus more on yourself and what you like to do and the things that you like to do. Yeah. And, you know, an added benefit is, you know, like you said, you spend more money, you know, we get, you know, our GDP goes up, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just like a win across the board. And you got time to sit down on a Sunday morning and do a podcast instead of sleeping because you're so fucking tired from working 120 hours out last week. Right? <laughs> exactly. Listen, so dude, it's... I'm a perfect example of this. When I first moved to California 20 years ago, I mean... I was living paycheck to paycheck. It, it, things were fucked up all the time. I've worked hard, gotten a job, got an education. My wife works, everything. I, and, you know, I went out and spent a lot of money. I I, ha I bought an amp this, this weekend and, and a new guitar. And I, that's all I've done all weekend. And I was sitting down thinking about, and what you just said reminded me, I am much happier than I used to be, much more open-minded. I have time to sit and think. I have time to play guitar, enjoy my life. And I feel like if more people had more money and, and you can't, they say money doesn't buy happiness. Well, fucking buys guitars. Okay. And, and guitars make you happy. And <laughs> Guitars make me happy. So the thing is, if more people had more money, I think we'd have less suicide, less stress, less anxiety that things would we'd just have more freedom. We'd have more freedom. And dude, if you could explain to me why 
rural America like Appalachia and, and Georgia and all these places where people live in just absolute fucking poverty don't support this. I don't want that. I don't want that. It's a handout. I ain't taking no fucking handout. And it's like, dude, how are you so fucking brainwashed that you think I'm, you think that that's a bad thing? I think, like you said, it's, it's a big, uh, like generation thing. And I feel like a lot of the South and like those Southern states have kind of been stuck with the same mindset over multiple generations, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, whereas like other areas, like more uh, like urban and, you know, more populous areas, there's chance for more progressive ideas. And, you know, you get more people together. Uh, you get to, you tend to get more progressive ideas and liberal uh, ideals in general. That's why big cities, you know, you could go to uh, like Georgia. It's a very red place, but Atlanta's, you know, a blue city, blue county. Right. Like uh, Austin, they, Austin, Texas. Yeah. Same thing. So um, I think they're just kind of stuck in this mindset of like past generations of, you know, like work hard for what you get and, you know, uh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, that just the whole like cliche. Like, yeah. Republican. And you've, if you take a look and you read about it, I used to, I used to think it was because of isolation, but now we don't have, we're not so isolated. We've got, you know, the main line running right through Lewis County, West Virginia, and everybody's got high speed internet access. But here's the thing. As, as we open up more, we get availability of information. All the young people are fleeing Appalachia and all that's left there is, you know, that older generation. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? Because we have no tax base anymore. Nobody's working. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And I think maybe that in the future, we'll see gentrification of Appalachia when people start to get tired of what the city is. They're going to flee back into Appalachia, but they're going to take their coffee shops and their libraries and their information and their, their new ideas and their progressiveness back into Appalachia and rebuild it. And I, and I hope that happens. I really do. Yeah, it's like when people try to make fun of uh, California, like, oh, you know, see what happens when you raise taxes, all these people, all these super rich people are leaving, or like, just people in general, they're leaving, you know, to place like Texas and yeah. Florida. I was like, good, like, we have like 5 million uh, Democrats to spare. <laughs> I'll, I'll lend them to Texas and they'll vote blue over there and flip <laughs> Texas for us. So that's fine with me. Yeah, and housing will be housing costs will plummet, and you know it'll be fine. I will be good. Thanks. I'll yeah, get, and I'll get that four hundred thousand dollar house for two hundred eighty five thousand. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's it, there's just a lot of like uh, complexities when it comes to like bettering our society and um, this idea of like you know Republicans are like small government. You know, like we don't need the government. Like the less government, the better. And they've kind of demonized what the government uh, is and what its role should be, you know? Right. Um, and it's not like that at all. Like it can be, you know, that if you have like authoritarian governments. Well, that's what they want because they want less government and more police. That's that's <laughs> that's it right there. They yeah. More police and defunding the police is this evil thing and we need less government and 
put the cops in charge of everything. That's a police state. Yeah. But yeah, so what I say is like you at the end of the day, you do need government power because I mean we live in a huge country with, you know, almost five hundred million people in it. Like there has to be some sort of like regulation and rules and you know, something some entity to enforce them. You know, and when you don't when you get like these giant like you know, Republicans are, are all about, you know, the free market and, you know, free market capitalism. And, you know, the market will balance itself out, you know. Yeah, trickling down economics. You know, when you have these huge corporations uh, or businesses that are self-regulated and they don't have government uh, regulations, you get things like what happened with that uh, colonial pipeline. You know, that's a private business. That's not a government-like uh, pipeline that's a private business, a private corporation that, you know, their cybersecurity wasn't, you know, well enough to prevent an attack. And I'm sure government government regulations would have, you know, like, hey, like you have to keep, you know, your cybersecurity, you know, up to date because, you know, it's a pretty important pipeline. If it gets compromised in any way, like you get what happened, you know, all over uh, the East Coast. Right. Same with, you know, Texas and their like utility companies, like if you don't, you know, regulate them and, you know, make sure they're, you know, up to date and not using outdated equipment and stuff like that, you get what happened, you know, when their whole fucking power grid freezes over and people are dying. I know. And Ted Cruz went to Mexico. <laughs> I'll never <laughs> so let that, I'll never need, let anybody forget that. You need government um, to some degree. You can't not have any government because then you get, then the greed takes over because these corporations, these companies, these people that run them, you know, for them, it's all about the bottom line. So yeah. if they're not making money or as long as they're making money, like everything else is secondary. Yeah. So. Our, our power grid is antiquated. It's, it's open for attack. It's just this whole thing. If, if we didn't, I'm I'm not with you on this one because you say we need a little government. I say we need a lot of government. Because- well, I don't want to say a lot of government. Like I think we need a lot of government, but if I say a lot of government, then people get spooked out. Yeah. So I just say we need government to a certain degree. But <laughs> in my head, saying what- <laughs> and the, I don't. I'm not saying what degree. <laughs> well, you just did, man. <laughs> everybody's spooked now all eight people who listen to us (laughs) (laughs) so it's just we have to we can't just keep living like this because it's all that we know you know yeah we have to try to progress we have to try new ideas new concepts and you know if they fail okay they fail and you know we might tweak it we might you know try something else entirely but at least you know we've tried it because we're at that stage as a as a society, as a you know, humans in general, where you know, we're past just surviving. You know, we can go into the realm of, you know, bettering our lives and maximize our happiness and wellness and yeah, you know, mental health and all this stuff. Because, you know, you know, as much as people want to believe and you know that's fine if they do, as far as we know personally. We just have this life. So we have to maximize it to our fullest extent. I personally believe that. And, oh, you know, especially what about the rest of the world? Ability. What about the rest of the world? Because really, we're only talking about the United States here. We're only talking about westernized culture. 
what about the rest of them? I mean, uh, I, I read yesterday that 1.43 billion shots have been given out. And, and there's a huge amount of people that have two shots. And there's only certain countries. And if you dig into the statistics of 1.43 billion, only 0.03% of those have gone into uh, poverty-stricken countries. You think about that, man. That's a um, problem. I mean, when, when, like you said, there's, I think there's 350 million of Americans now, and we are at the point where happiness and maximizing of pleasure and, and artistic and creative and all that shit. What about fucking Africa? And if you look at the maps for the shots, Africa is not lit up at all. Yeah. Um, I think that's a bunny issue. Like for these vaccine companies because i mean they get paid right to like distribute these vaccines and like right. we pay them as, as a country like so like to me all vaccines should be free like these these come like all these uh stories about like patents and stuff like that yeah um like people that are like anti you know like we can't let you know our our uh companies do all this work and research and then just give out these pans for free like i'm sure johnson and johnson will be fine without their profits of one vaccine they have like 30 million products same with like pfizer and moderna and all these you know big pharma companies like yeah. these are multi-billion dollar uh entities and you know they'll be fine so you know when it comes to these other countries um like less developed countries, uh, especially like Africa, like Middle East, stuff like that. Um, I think we have to kind of figure our shit out first. Um, so they could, one, they could see like, oh shit, like this is what they're doing and it's working out over there. Or we can try to lend a hand, but I feel like that's kind of dicey with our history of trying to uh, interject ourselves in other countries' uh, politics. Yeah, um, I don't, we don't have a good history of that. So, um, I think the best thing we could do is kind of lead by example. Um, and I feel like if we do it, Europe might follow soon. And then if Europe follows, then um, you know that whole Eastern Hemisphere will be like a domino effect. But places definitely like uh, like Africa. Um, you know, all these very like poor countries, they're definitely, we can't just sit there and, uh, wait for them to like industrialize and advance, you know? Yeah. Cause that's going to take them forever. Like we as a world have to come together and be like, okay, look, like they're suffering. Like we have to help them, but not be so like intrusive and like force them, you know, you have to <laughs> give them the ideas of, you know, like, Hey, look, this is what we're doing this how it works like you know it we could you know apply it here and i know it's a different landscape and it's you know different um almost like a different society in in general you know well yeah you but you can't you can't really even change the mind of somebody from georgia how are you gonna i can tell a messiah that he needs to you know and and is he unhappy and there's all these issues yeah. like and because i mean some people were perfectly fine you know living in like you know over there, like if they have, you know, like a little town, right. You know, they have all they need in that town. 
Yeah, but we de- in America we define that as abject poverty, and in their culture they're like, no, poverty means something to do with an, an economic system that we don't really follow. So we're not impoverished; we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the main thing I I would say is just make everybody comfortable and like happy with how they're living and how their society is is running. You know? Yeah. And if you know, maybe they you know, want something more, a little bit more, they want to experience something different. Like they could do that. They could, you know, we could be, we could like provide them with like, um, like the ability to travel to somewhere else and, you know, maybe start their life, uh, you know, somewhere else. Now you're getting into some philosophy, man. Some, uh, some open borders talk right there. Whoa. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. You, you might have, you know, a black car sitting outside your house tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. I, I believe every human being in the world should be able to live wherever they want. Okay. I'll give that. I mean, just not only just live where they want, but I think every human being should be able to maximize their life. And when I say their own I, terms, yeah. when I say uh, they should be able to live wherever they want, uh, I'm not saying you should be able to go into a home of a Palestinian and take their home from them. Ooh, nice segue. So <laughs> um, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that, a that's an issue. That's that wasn't that I I was hearing that they were going in one family at a time. Is that true? Yeah, they just go into your house and be like, "Hey, this is my house now," and like if you fight back, you get arrested or you get killed. So you're kind of put up against the wall there that's a but, sticky issue man. i mean that whole middle east thing it's, is it's complicated up. and you know you hear that a lot oh it's just you know it's very complicated <laughs> and like yeah but you can't just use that and as a as a cop-out you know to not talk about it or to not right. have an opinion on it well making because, pancakes is fucking complicated but we figured it out <laughs> yeah so i mean my thing is there's one side that is run by a government, a whole ass government from a country. And that government, that country is backed by the largest military in the world. Right. Which, you know, the United States, Israel is backed by the United States. Right. And then the other side is, you know, more of a like rogue, like terrorist organization, um, which would be Hamas. Um, so one side literally has, you know, all of the power. Um, and I I feel like it's up to them to kind of, you know, quell like everything that's going on. Because, you know, you have the power to do it and you're not doing it. You know, and don't get me wrong, you know, the other side Hamas, like they've bombed like, you know, schools and they've killed civilians and there's no... uh there's no escaping that, you know, Right. can't deny that. But at the same time, uh, I just feel like one of them, if it was up to Israel, if Palestine put their hands up, you know, like, all right, we, we give up, we're done. Like, we're not going to shoot at you guys anymore. We're going to bomb at you. We're not going to fight back. Within 10 years, Palestine would be gone completely. Um, because Israel's not just to be like, okay, um, you guys gave up. We'll, we'll just stop fighting too. 
no, it's okay, we'll stop fighting, but we're going to take over of what's left of you guys. Right. You're and now, then, you're now Israelis. We'll, yeah. And it's not even that they would be Israelis. They would be kicked out because Israel, you know, whether people like to believe or not, it's like an apartheid state. Like they just want, like the people that, you know, are very pro-Israel and, you know, the very idea of Israel in the first place came from people that believe that uh, being Jewish is more than just religion. It's a nationality. Right. So therefore we should have our own nation. You know? that's, yeah, that's why the UN did it. And it's kind of, you know, transformed from that to like, it's kind of ironic. I mean, it's kind of morbid to think about, but, you know, the Jewish community like went through a lot during, you know, the whole World War II thing. They and even World War I, they were very demonized in World War I. Um, so to turn around and kind of do basically the same thing that was done to you, I mean you have to realize that at some point, like you're not like most people aren't entitled to like whole ass countries like that. Right. And if you wanted to take over, you know, a piece of land, like you have to do something that's like unpopulated, which at this point it's like no part of the world unless you want to go to Antarctica. But so you're going to have to find a way to like, you know, live with people that, you know, don't think like you, don't look like you. And a lot of people in Israel don't want that. Yeah, historically, though, human beings have done that from the beginning of his beginning. We write things down there. You got, you look at the Kurds in northern Iraq. I mean, you just keep pushing people out that don't think like you. Look at us and, and the American uh, indigenous peoples of, of North America. We just pushed them and pushed them and pushed them and killed them and then rounded them up. And now they're kind of like the Palestinians, except they don't have Hamas. They just live in these fucking desolate places full of shit and everybody's an alcoholic. And and that's what human beings do. And and why, I, I can't tell you. But And how do you solve it? Can't tell you that either. We're going to have to yeah. watch this shit play out. Because I... I truly believe if you sat down with like Palestinian leaders and officials uh, and even like Hamas leaders and officials, like if you really talk to them and, uh, you know, sat down with them like uh, diplomatically, uh, they would, I think some of them would be open to a two state nation, um, you know, where you have Israel and Palestine, you know, and there's a border somewhere. Right. And, you know, they're just two nations. But I don't think if you sat down with Israel, you would, any of them would would agree to that because they don't want that. Israel wants everything. Whereas Palestinians and Palestine, I feel like they would be open. And I mean, some because some of them have expressed that, whereas there's no Israeli, you know, government official or part of the government that has said, you know, we'll be open to a negotiation and like a two-state nation. Like, no, they want all the land. I Don't you think, though, you know, if you could push the Palestinians back out of what the Israelis consider that holy land. Don't you think that they would, they would be okay with that? But then the Palestinians will be left out of what they consider their, their holy yeah. land. It's a fucked up mess and it's based in ideology. And it's really strange that there's so much violence over invisible gods in the sky. And it, it just seems 
so fucking odd to me. And that makes me wonder is like you said, is there more going on here than just the religious part? It seems like there's a whole genocide kind of thing happening here. Yeah, it's definitely um, like genocide. Like you're trying to, they don't just want the land. Like they want the people out. Right. Whether that may be, you know, exile or, you know, six feet underground, they really don't care. They just don't want them to be there with them. And they isn't want, that like, funny? I mean, not ha-ha funny, obviously, but isn't it odd how they claim it's because of religion and then they go house by house by house to get rid of them? Yeah, that's some like, uh, like SS police state type yeah. shit right there. Well, you know, they're, the Israelis are, they're, very organized and they have a lot of resources because of us, but they're very determined and very and tough. And you have to have, say, yeah, cause they have no reason to, to back down. Right. Like I said, they have the United States like full force behind them, which is one thing I hate about like uh, the United States and like Joe Biden, like they, they're very like pro Israel because it benefits their, their interests in the Middle East. Right. It's not about, you know, the well-being of, you know, people in general. And like, you know, they're you they know the United States know that there's, you know, genocide happening. And they're just like standing there. And to me that's like so disgraceful. It's absurd. Yeah. And then at the same time pulling out of Afghanistan while they're 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 just waiting. They're just waiting for us to leave and they're going to take that shit over again. And that same cycle is going to happen again. The same cycle in the Middle East, it, it's over and over and over again. And it's not for, it's not for generations. It's for thousands of fucking years. It happens over there. Yeah. The Middle East is just a very, uh, it's like a powder keg. Yeah. You know, it's just waiting to go off with, with anything. So if, if there's ever a world war three, I can, guarantee you it's going to start there yeah i believe because so. there's there's many countries there that you know on their own they're not powerful at all but they're backed you know some are backed by china some are backed by russia some are backed by us and that's where the real power is yeah that's how where the you, world wars start these huge superpowers are using these smaller countries as like their pawns you know mm -hmm as their excuse to like, oh, well, you know, they're our allies. If, you know, if they go into war, we're going to have to, you know, you know, be there for them. Yeah. Proxy wars the other, have been happening forever. Yeah. And then the other side's going to do the same. So it's just, it's literally like a cold war, except there's actual war, you know, in the middle of it. And there's genocide in the middle of it. And, you know, these big, uh, big superpower countries are just using these smaller countries and, you know, with no regard for the people that live there and their citizens, um, because at the end of the day, it's going to benefit them. So it's just, so it is complicated. It's very complicated, but that doesn't mean we can't, we can just ignore it and be like, Oh, well, you know, it's the middle East. They've been fighting for fucking a hundred years. Well, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not kind of like a cold war, dude. It's exactly like the cold war of, of the seventies and eighties. We were fighting hot wars in Afghanistan. We were fighting hot wars in uh, Indonesia, 
Vietnam was one, you know, that all that shit was, we were fighting the Russians without fighting the Russians. And now, like you said, it's the Chinese and the Russians and us, and we're in a cold war with those people. Economically, we trade with them. We sit down at the table with them. We work out things financially. And then the back door, we're killing Palestinians. We're helping kill people. It's fucking sad. You're right. It's so complicated and so convoluted. And and I, I don't know. I don't even know how to ask the questions about how to start fixing it because I don't think it's fixable. I think the oil has to run out. Yeah, because, I mean, that's probably the main reason for, uh, like, for the smaller countries and, like, like you know israel and palestine uh mm -hmm. places like that like for them it's about you know like religious freedom or like you know what it's for it's more of a religious war to them right but for the outside countries the big ones it's a resource war for them right and when the resources run out are we going to say well fight amongst yourselves figure it out yeah. fuck it and we're pulling out i mean if there, if there was no oil there the united states would uh probably be on palestine side if if we're being honest <laughs> because like you said, it's genocide. Like the, the Israel wants to be an ethno state. Mm -hmm. Like that's not right. Right. Like that's what Germany wanted. Right. Germany wanted, you know, only Germans and, you know, they wanted to, you know, pretty much take over the world and everybody to be a certain way and look a certain way and, you know, believe a certain uh, way of life. And then you turn around and do the exact same thing. Like, how do you not see that? And, you know, there's, and the thing with, with me is if you talk to Palestinians and like, um, like just regular citizens, like a lot of them just want, like, they just want to be able to live their lives, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, there's Hamas, like Hamas is a terrorist organization. I'm not saying they're not like, they are a terrorist organization. Like sure. they've killed, you know, kids and they've bombed schools and, you know, places like that. But. Um, when it comes to the other side, it's not just their government. There's a lot of Israeli people that truly believe, you know, what their government says when it comes to like, you know, we should be the only ones that occupy this whole land. Right. Whereas on the other side, it's like, I just want to live here, like, you know, in peace. Like I'm not, they're not trying to, you know, conquest anything. They're not trying to take over you know, uh, you know, any, you know, country or anything like they, they just wanted to live where they were at. It's the other side that's, you know, kind of eaten at their country, you know, chunk by chunk. And it's like I said, they're not going to back down. Israel's not going to back down. They have no reason to, they have no incentive to, they have, uh, you know, huge power on their side. They have all the power on their side. Mm-hmm. So and the I only reason think, they don't go in there and just fucking finish it is I think they want to take it a little bit at a time so the world can swallow it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, like I was going to say, they're just going to like wait them out and, you know, do it little by little. Yeah. So it's kind of almost like unnoticed, you know, like exactly. It's not going to be like this huge, like fucking like blitzkrieg fucking you know take over a whole country in you know two hours which they could yeah absolutely especially with all the money and you know weapons and you know bombs that we're giving them 
Yeah. Like they absolutely do it. But don't you but, think if you boil it, if you, if you take that entire situation and take Israel, just take Israel and say, let's boil it down to a single person. And they have a victim, a victim mentality. And a lot of victim mentalities like children growing up in uh, abusive situations, when they leave that situation, they become the abuser. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that on a large, on a large scale, nation scale. Yeah. Um, so the, but like it's understandable. That it's doesn't under really excuse it. It's understandable, but it's right. not. That's what exactly what I was going to say. It's understandable, but it's not excusable. Okay. The psychology of it works, but we need to figure out how to make, how to take the victim mentality out and say, listen, you were treated poorly. Let's look at what you're doing now. And how did you feel when you were doing that, when it was been happening to you? Now that you're the person on the other side, let's take a look. But you can't do that, especially when you're pumping F-22s at them and here's a fucking aircraft carrier. And, oh, by the way, do you need some dirty bombs? We got that too. Yeah, so it's just, it's a whole mess down there. Yeah. But I mean, if anybody's right in this whole situation... I feel like it's me because I'm <laughs> that's like, and not about like who's, who's on the wrong, like who's in the wrong, but in the whole, like, like this is what I've been saying, man, like religion, like this, it's all because of religion. I love you, man. You're like, if, it wasn't if anybody's for, right, it's me. <laughs> if it wasn't for the religious part of it, like there would be a lot less wars. Yeah, of course. I'm sure there'll still be, there would still be wars, but. A lot less of them. I can guarantee you that. Well, wars of ideology have that most most of them have some sort of religious or financial factions to them. You know, that's just the way it like is. Those, like wars based on like resources or like land. That's um, like you said, understandable. You know, right? But wars based on fake books <laughs> and like people in the sky that you're never you've never seen in your life yeah um and you only that, will possibly meet in your death and you can't prove that so to right. me that's not understandable but we don't like I you because you don't wash your hands right it's still it still <laughs> happens so all right man that that um this has been an interesting hour dude thank you I'd, I'd definitely like to see where it goes um, by the time we record our next episode. Yeah. Like how are things over there? Because um, it's pretty uh, active right now. Um, yeah, we'll have to. A lot more than it's been in like like decades. So um, more, yeah, more rockets since, from two, since 2014, but more violence that I've seen in the Middle East in a long, long time. So let's, um, let's plan on doing this as much as we can to follow this. Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, a lot of people might think like, oh, well, you know, why would I care? But it affects it affects a lot of countries and a lot of people. It affects indirectly. us all. It affects us all. One one per. Listen, man, I I believe that one person killed in in combat over a religion affects us all psychologically, even if we don't want to think about it. Mm hmm. Even if we, even if we're not aware of it, when I see someone go down because somebody has a book that they believe in, I'm thinking, what the fuck are we doing here? 
come on. It, yeah. It's when like you say, said, I'm telling you in the name of this book. When you say, I have a gallon of water, you know, and, and the resources thing like that's happening here in California, there's, there's things that are undercutting. We're undercutting people. We're taking water away from people that need it so we can have extra water. That's wrong also. So war, resource wars, there's enough for everyone here. We just need to, everybody needs to calm down, use less. You know, that that's how you solve resources. But how do you solve fucking something like my God's right and yours is wrong? Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's 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 get together more often this week so we can get in trouble and become, you know, anti-Jewish, because I'm sure someone will say that over some of the shit you just said. <laughs> I'm not anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic. I'm anti-genocide. So. Anti-genocide. I was against the Nazis and I'm against Israel because... <laughs> God damn, uh, dude. <laughs> so take that as you will. I will take it as I, I – I will take it intelligently. I just hope everyone else does too. I'm not against Israel because of who they are. I'm against Israel because of what they do. Fair so enough. I think, that, I think that's fair. Fair enough. So on that note, I will say what I always say. Please take this shit as a grain of salt because it's built right into the title – Lalo and I may be thoroughly fucking wrong. That's just the way it is. That's why we named it this. It's our opinions. If you don't agree, fuck off. <laughs> I always say that. Well, that's I'm the old guy. With, with certain ideas. If you don't agree with certain ideas like basic human decency and rights, then you can fuck off. Well, that's saying the same thing as fuck off, Lalo. That's <laughs> Hey man. Yeah, but if you want to disagree with me because on like abortion, that's that's understandable. But if you want to disagree with me, like, hey, we should uh not have poor people, and you're like, no, we kind of need poor people, then you can fuck off. <laughs> then you can fuck off. All right, man. I'll catch you next time. All right. All right, man. And make sure it's not a long time this time, and <laughs> and try to be tired because fuck, you're right on point this morning. All right. <laughs> All right, man. This has been Bob and Lalo. And this has been the Thoroughly Wrong Project. Thanks for spending the morning with us. See you next time. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching the Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us and remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.